Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Wasn't that introduction fun? Yes, today we are celebrating the fourth birthday of 3 and 30, and that little soundbite was recorded two years ago when I taught an in-person workshop with over 100 women to celebrate this important day. And I have to say that it cracks me up that they even broke into harmony at the end (laughs) of that birthday song. I look back on that event with so much fondness because it was the last in-person workshop I taught before the pandemic hit a few months later and canceled my plans for several more in-person workshops I was supposed to teach around the country that spring and summer. I miss being together with the women in this community, and I wish that we could be together today to celebrate the podcast, but I do have a big announcement of some opportunities to get together virtually this month, which I can't wait to tell you about. But first, I want to tell you a story. This is a moment from my life that happened just this past week. One day after school, I convinced the kids that we needed to get outside and go for a walk. It was a perfect October day with a bright blue sky and golden and red leaves all around us on the trees. Perhaps predictably, my kids were less than thrilled about this idea. (laughs) They... We're tired after school, understandably, and they wanted to veg out in front of the TV. So there was lots of whining and complaining, but I herded them out the door. We tracked down socks and rollerblades and helmets, and one of them had to run back inside to get a drink. And then as soon as she came out, the other one had to run inside to get a forgotten jacket. And we, so we finally got out of the house and started making our way slowly down our street I was a couple of steps behind my kids because they were each on their new rollerblades, sort of scooting along, trying to get used to them, and they were bickering loudly with each other, completely oblivious of the stunning leaves all around them, I might add. And as I watched them from behind, I suddenly felt this unexpected surge of delight and contentment just wash over me. And I thought, I get to be their mom. I get to take them on afternoon walks in the autumn sunshine. I get to tuck them into bed at night and talk to them about their day. I get to watch them grow up and even listen to them whine and apologize to them after I freak out about their whining. (laughs) I realized in that moment that I love being a mother. I feel incredibly and deeply fulfilled within my motherhood. And wow, I have come a long way in the past 10 years to get to this place. If you're familiar with my story, you already know that for years of my motherhood journey, if you'd asked me how I felt as a mom day to day, I would have said overwhelmed or burned out or unfulfilled. I probably wouldn't have admitted this out loud to you. I don't know if I could even verbalize it myself back then. But deep down, what I felt most of the time was lost. I felt lost and unseen. And please don't misunderstand me. I fiercely and completely loved my children. But I didn't feel like myself within motherhood. It was like I didn't know who I was anymore. Or maybe I did know who I was. I just didn't know if it was okay to be who I was. 
I had heaped so many expectations on myself for the mother I should be that I couldn't embrace the mother that I actually was. I compared myself to other people. I talked viciously to myself in my head, worried about the judgment of the people closest to me if I made a parenting decision that I thought they wouldn't agree with. I ruminated for weeks over decisions because I was afraid I was going to make the wrong choice. I just didn't have clarity around my unique values as a mom, and I felt mom guilt pretty much every day. It took years of therapy and inner work to learn new ways of thinking about myself and being myself in the world, and I carefully rebuilt a life that really fits me and my unique gifts. And after all of that work, I feel like I am finally at home in my motherhood, and it feels so, so good. And that was the realization that I had on that walk with my kids bickering and poking each other in front of me. I feel like I've come home to myself. Deeply knowing and accepting yourself and bringing the best of yourself to your life is at the heart of being self-assured. And in today's episode, we're going to dive so deep into what that means and how every woman listening to this podcast can get there. I also wanted to let you know that Self-Assured Motherhood is the title of a brand new program I'm rolling out today in honor of the fourth birthday of 3 and 30, and I am so excited to invite you to be a part of it. The only thing you need to do right now if you want to learn more about the program is to sign up for one of my free masterclasses that I'm hosting in the next two weeks. I will be with you live on Zoom, which isn't quite as fun as being together in person at a birthday party workshop, but I promise to make it fun, and I will be walking you through a nine-part framework that I recently created that will help you to create more meaning in your unique motherhood. This class is completely free and I'd love for you to attend whether or not you think you'd be interested in joining my new program because this framework breaks down exactly how I went from feeling overwhelmed and lost within my motherhood to feeling content and at home within my motherhood. And I want every single mother to experience this transformation or to deepen it if, you've, if you're already there or if you're already working on that transformation. I know this class will help you to deepen your understanding of yourself and how to get to that self-assured place. So please sign up for one of my free classes. You can go to 3in30podcast.com slash free class. And I will also put that in the show notes. I cannot wait to be together with you this month. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the basics of self-assured motherhood. And let's start with that title, self-assured. What does that mean? Well, let me start by asking you, what do you think of when you hear this adjective? When someone is self-assured, what are they like? I picture someone who is really centered and anchored in who they are. They move through the world with confidence and clarity and a deep respect for themselves and for other people. To me, the word self-assured is a bit different than the word confident because it has this added sense of inner knowing and quiet conviction. When I think of someone who's self-assured, I actually think of specific women in my life who embody this and who sort of have this like magnetic piece about them that makes me want to be close to them and want to be like them. I hope you have some women in your life like that as well, and I encourage you to think about them as we go through this episode. When I was deciding on a name for my new program, I made a huge list of ideas that were all based around what I want for women in this community. I wrote down titles like Happy Fulfilled Motherhood, Empowered Motherhood, Confident Clear Motherhood, 
but none of those quite captured it. And then I thought of the word self-assured and something about it gave me pause. So because I'm a former high school English teacher, I started researching the origins and roots of that word. And the more I learned about it, the more it felt exactly right to me. So assured comes from the French word, and I'm sure I'm going to completely butcher this pronunciation, assure, <laughs> oh my gosh, assurer, assure, assure, which means to reassure, calm, or protect. So let me say that again, to reassure, calm, or protect. Think of that in the context of self-assured. When you're self-assured, you know who you are. And so in even the hardest of circumstances with your children or in life in general, you can tap into something inside of you that reassures, calms, and protects. You are there for yourself. You take care of yourself the same way you would reassure, calm, and protect your children. Self-assured also comes from the Latin root securus. Again, probably pronouncing that wrong. But it means secure or made safe. We all know the difference between a person who is secure versus a person who is insecure and constantly needs the reassurance of others to feel worthy. When we're self-assured, we don't need constant validation from other people. We don't compare ourselves to other people and judge ourselves or them. We are made safe. And I love that. Made safe, meaning we are safe with ourselves and within ourselves, and other people are safe with us because we aren't as likely to judge or criticize or use other people to prop up our own self-image. Isn't this the most beautiful concept? I could geek out about words all day long and study them and break them down, and the more I dug into researching this word, the more I knew that it captures perfectly what I want for myself and for all of the mothers in the 3 and 30 community. And I do think it describes the journey that I've taken over the last decade of my motherhood, going from feeling pretty lost and unfulfilled day to day to owning and loving who I am. Now, am I perfectly self-assured and secure all the time? No, of course not. I really think that a stable sense of self is a lifelong work in progress, but it's so rewarding to see the progress that I've made and that I continue to make. And I think the difference between my self-concept now versus 10 years ago is that I trust myself more. And I know that even if I get into a heavy place of self-doubt again, which I will because that's just life, I trust that I have the tools and the strength to come back to myself, if that makes sense. So if you're listening to all of this and you're thinking, yes, this is what I want. This is the journey I'm on as well, and I want more of it. My three takeaways today are going to dive into how we can become more self-assured mothers, and my takeaways are based on the three main tenets of that nine-part framework I told you I'm going to walk through in my masterclasses. So this episode is just a sneak peek, and again, I hope that you will go and sign up for the full class at 3in30podcast.com slash free class. Okay, so my first takeaway for how to become a more self-assured mom is to voice your values. I think most of us have a vague sense of what our values as parents are, but until we really define those priorities and make them central to the decisions that we make day-to-day as moms, we're likely to feel like everything is important And so we'll forever be chasing sort of this undefined ideal of good motherhood and feeling like we're never measuring up and our children are never measuring up. 
But once we've voiced our values, we can use them as a sort of lens to make decisions about what we will prioritize within our family life. So for example, let's say all of your children are enrolled in piano lessons. That is a significant expense of time and money for your family. And maybe your children fight with you about practicing, which is a significant expense of energy and emotional stamina for you every day. I suggest sitting down and getting clear on your values. How much do you actually care about your children learning to play a musical instrument? Why did you sign them up in the first place? Was it because you deeply value music as a family? Or you feel that the characteristics and the skills that can be learned through learning a musical instrument are really vital to who you hope your children will become? Or did you sign them up because that's what all of your friends do? Or you read in a parenting book that it's good for kids? Or because your mother signed you up for piano when you were young and so you feel like that's the right thing to do? There's no right or wrong answer here. It's just about getting intentional about why you do what you do in your family and home. Maybe you decide that yes, learning to play a musical instrument is a core value in your family. Having that clear understanding will make it easier to hold your ground when your children are whining about practicing, and it will give you clarity as you write the big check to the piano teacher each month. You'll be able to remind yourself, I'm doing this because it's important to me, and it's worth it. On the other hand, maybe you'll decide that you don't actually care that much about your kids learning a musical instrument, and you'll decide to let that expectation go, which will free up time, energy, and money for you to invest in something else that you care more about for your family. And I'd also like to add that there is an in-between here. Maybe as you sit down and think deliberately about this decision, you'll recognize that learning an instrument is only important to you because of the characteristics that you believe it will build in your child. You actually don't care if they gain those skills from music or in some other way, as long as they're doing something to build those characteristics. So this can open up a lot of great conversation with your kids about values and development. And you can go to them and say, I know you really hate playing the piano. I want to respect that. But it's really important to me that you are engaged in some sort of an activity that pushes you, that you have to practice every day, that builds your artistic intelligence. Let's brainstorm together some other activities that would help you develop some of these skills that are aligned with our family values. We recently did something similar with my son Noah. My husband Ryan has always loved team sports, and he credits sports with helping him to develop persistence, grit, teamwork. Many of his best friends have come from playing sports. I'd say that being an athlete is a very integral part of who Ryan is. So it's been hard for him that Noah doesn't really like sports very much, and it had become a source of stress in their relationship because Ryan would talk Noah into joining a team, and then Noah would have a meltdown every day before practice because he really didn't like it. And I do want to add here that Ryan is not the type of dad who would ever pressure his kids to be the best at something. He doesn't care if Noah is good at the sports he tries, but he just wants him to try, if that makes sense. So... After Noah had another massive meltdown before soccer practice recently, I told Ryan that we needed to have a heart-to-heart, and the two of us sat down together and discussed what values were underneath Ryan's desire for Noah to play sports. And it came down to a few things. He wanted him to challenge himself mentally and physically. 
He wanted him to get exercise and have fun moving his body. And he wanted him to have the opportunity to make friends and connect with other kids. And those are all super wonderful objectives. And I pointed out to Ryan that those same objectives could be met in a variety of ways that aligned better with Noah's interests. And also that Noah was already doing a lot of things that met those objectives. Um, But it's easy to overlook those things when they don't align with what you thought your kid would be like, if that makes sense. So we brainstormed a few ideas for activities that Noah might enjoy more that would get him moving and engaged with other kids. And then we brought Noah into the conversation and asked his thoughts and ideas. And together we came up with a plan to prioritize more time at the mountain biking pump track with his buddies from school and more time on the ski hill with his dad this winter. So what matters most to you as an individual and as a mother? Where can you lean into values that are unique to you and let go of other stuff that isn't, even if it's culturally expected of you or the norm where you live? Once you have voiced your values, you will feel more secure in your decisions. And that is why this first step is so key to self-assured motherhood. Before we head into our second takeaway, I want to take a minute to thank the two sponsors who are making this month of episodes possible. First, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I first started going to counseling when my oldest was about a year old because motherhood had brought up deep insecurities and worries, and I knew I needed additional support and tools in order to be the secure mother that I hope to be. I've continued going to therapy in the decades since, and it has changed who I am. BetterHelp offers customized online therapy via phone, video, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and 3 in 30 listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 3 in 30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 in 30. Our second sponsor is Learning with Kelsey, a subscription box for moms who want to teach their young children at home. These monthly boxes can be used as a full homeschool curriculum for your preschooler or kindergartner, or they can be used as just some supplemental fun learning materials for your little learners. Each box includes complete lesson plans and instructions, as well as fun activities that are carefully chosen to build your child's fine and gross motor skills, their literacy and math skills, and their sense of self, preparing them for success in elementary school and life. If you want to engage in meaningful learning and fun at home with your kids, check out all of the different boxes that are offered and choose one that's perfect for your family by going to learningwithkelsey.com, that's learningwithkelsey.com, and use the code 3in30 for 50% off your first box. And now on to our second takeaway for how to be a self-assured mother, and that is to sanctify your self-care. I love that verb, sanctify. Here I go dissecting words again. But to sanctify something means to set it apart as holy. And that is truly what we have to do as busy moms if self-care is going to happen. We have to treat it as holy and non-negotiable. And when I talk about self-care, I'm not talking about selfishly neglecting your responsibilities because you need me time. I'm talking about truly supporting your soul so that you even have the emotional and physical capacity to fulfill your responsibilities. 
To me, this type of self-care or soul care, as I like to call it, includes the basics for nurturing a living being, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, moving your body regularly and in ways that excite you, having time to think and process your thoughts, whether that is writing in a journal, praying and cultivating your relationship with God, going to therapy, or regularly talking with a close friend who really understands you. Soul care can be engaging in meaningful creativity and hobbies and relationships that bring you joy. These are the things that are essential to your soul and can only be neglected for so long before you start to wither away. And I know that from personal experience, from those years that I felt so lost and not myself. My true self was withering away because I ignored it and neglected it and mistreated it. If I want to be able to reassure, calm, and protect myself, if I want to be self-assured or made safe with myself, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, then I have to be able to trust myself. And that comes from consistently showing up for myself in ways that prove I care about you and I'm going to take care of you. So I want to ask you to take a little honest inventory right now. How are you doing with your soul care? Of that long list of things I just listed off as examples of self-care, was there anything that jumped out at you immediately as something that you'd love to do but haven't been doing enough of lately? That is your soul talking to you. I invite you to sanctify your soul care this week by starting with just that one thing that sort of jumped out at you or gave you a little zing of excitement and come up with a plan for how you will set it apart as holy and make sure it happens this week even in the midst of your busy life. We can do this, my friend. And for my final and third takeaway for how to be a more self-assured mother, we need to communicate for connection. What does that mean? It means that you learn tools and skills to prioritize connection to your children, even when they are misbehaving and you are short on patience and want to explode. I have talked with hundreds of moms over the past four years, and I think one of the most common reasons that they don't feel self-assured, that they don't feel like good mothers, is because of mom guilt. And a major cause of mom guilt for most of them is the regret that they feel after they yell at their kids. It doesn't align with their values of the type of mom that they want to be, so they feel horrible about themselves when it happens, and that undermines their trust in themselves. First of all, I want to say that it is completely normal to yell at your kids sometimes. A mother does not have to be perfectly patient and calm all the time in order to be a good mom. If you sometimes lose it on your kids like I do, just apologize and move forward. But I will also say that since I've learned some basic skills to communicate for connection, I have yelled at my kids way less often because I feel equipped with an alternative. I know what to do when behaviors are escalating and temperatures are rising to stay in connection with them, and nothing builds my confidence as a mom more than that. It honestly feels like I am a freaking rock star (laughs) that I stayed calm during that meltdown. So how do you do it? How do you communicate for connection? Well, there are many dozens of parenting books on that and lots of different techniques, But the key for me has been to remember to coach my children through their emotions instead of trying to squash or fix or punish their emotions. I learned how to do that in episode 77 of the podcast with Georgia Anderson, and it has absolutely changed my life and the way I parent. And it has helped me to feel so much more confident as a mom and aligned with my values day to day. So here's an example of what it looks like to be an emotion coach. 
Recently, my seven-year-old daughter, Sally, had a, her gymnastics team had a big sleepover at their gym to celebrate the beginning of the new season. We love Sally's gymnastics team and her coach, but we've decided that for a lot of reasons, at least for now, our family doesn't do sleepovers. Um, it's something that I feel strongly about, but Sally was, understandably, completely devastated that she was going to miss out on this fun team event. I did let her stay at the gym for the dance party, the games, the movie. I picked her up at about 10.30 p.m. to bring her home. But when she got in the car after leaving her friends behind, she was so angry. She started screaming at me and sobbing hysterically. Why? Why can't I stay? And these are things that I can't, the reasons... I mean, I can sort of explain to her, but I can't go into all of it because it's just not stuff that her seven-year-old brain can comprehend quite yet. And that's okay. I don't have to explain everything to her, but she was so mad and I told her I was sorry that she was disappointed and her anger, which was really sadness and disappointment just escalated and she started shouting, I hate you. You're the worst mom in the world. I never want to see you again. And... (laughs) As we drove along, I took a deep breath and I thought of all the things that I might have said just a few years ago before I learned more about emotion coaching. I probably would have tried to shut down her sadness and said something like, we don't talk like that in this family. And if I hear another word like that on this ride home, you are not going to gymnastics for a week. Or I might have lectured her about gratitude and entitlement and said something like, I can't believe how ungrateful you are. I let you stay at the gym until 10.30 p.m. I'm never doing that again. Blah, 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 blah. I can't believe that you can't see how fun I am as a mom. Yada, yada, yada. Instead, as we drove along in the darkness and she sobbed in the back seat and I mostly just stayed quiet, I realized that I am strong enough to hold space for my children to have their emotions without it meaning anything about me. When I'm self-assured, I can be a safe place for their feelings and I can stay in connection with them through it all. And when we got home, she ran up to her room and threw herself on her bed crying. I came in and sat down next to her and tickled her back. And as she started to quiet, I said, I know how hard it is to not get to do something fun with your friends. I'm sorry you're so disappointed. I'm right here with you. Do you want me to leave you alone or do you want me to snuggle you until you fall fall asleep? And she said through her tears, snuggle me. And I gladly obliged because snuggling is my favorite thing. And the next morning when she was feeling much better and calmer, we were able to have a good talk about what happened the night before and more respectful ways to communicate disappointment than yelling I hate you at someone. But in that moment... I was able to stay true to myself and my values and be there for my daughter when she was having a really hard time. And I hope that as I communicate for connection with my children, they are also learning how to communicate for connection in their own lives. And as they see me becoming more self-assured and sturdy and safe with myself, they have a model to follow in their own development of a sense of self. So those are my three takeaways for how to be a more self-assured mother. First, voice your values and use them as a lens to make decisions within your family life. Second, sanctify your soul care and set it apart as holy and non-negotiable even in the busiest seasons of your motherhood. And third and finally, communicate for connection 
by learning how to stay calm and coach your children and yourself through the big emotions that are inevitable in family life. These takeaways are three of the nine core principles for self-assured motherhood that I'll be sharing in full during my free masterclasses these next couple of weeks. So if this episode has been valuable for you, please, please join me for one of those free classes so I can tell you about all nine and I can also tell you about my new program that I'm so excited about. You can sign up at 3in30podcast.com slash free class. And the first class is this Thursday, so don't wait. I would love to spend some time with you this month. As I reflect back on four years of hosting 3 and 30, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for you for showing up week after week to listen and learn with me. I am truly unspeakably grateful to do this work. And as always, I am rooting for you. And I hope you have a beautiful week with your family. Hey, I'm Lizzie Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.